0: Forge family, in chapter 9 of Daniel, we heard Daniel plunging into repentance for himself and for his forefathers, for the former princes and kings and all the people of Israel and Judah. He put himself in the front of that line of those who needed to repent, even though he would had a lifetime of service to the Yahweh. The sin... Iniquity, rebellion, and outright rejection of God had brought the curse of the raising of of the city of Jerusalem, the burning of the temple, and 70 years of exile for the people in Babylon. Just as Daniel is rising to a passionate crescendo of appeals to God to hear, to forgive, to not delay, to take action for his name's sake, Gabriel appears before him. Now, Gabriel was this angel that had previously interpreted God's words to Daniel as he stood outside of Susa by the Ulai Canal in chapter 8. Now, Gabriel had been sent to deliver insight and understanding. God wanted Daniel to fully understand the vision and prophecies at that moment, at that that moment in time, and for those yet to come far in the future. verses twenty four to twenty seven are known as the seventy weeks of Daniel' prophecy. The weeks represent seven years each, a total of four hundred and ninety years, and that number is divided into three sections. The first week of we, first of the weeks of seven years pointed the decree from King Ahasuerus given to Nehemiah to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. the second grouping of weeks of years are 62 weeks of years until the date of the cutting off of Messiah. And the last week of years fits with the tribulation period of seven years during which the Antichrist makes a treaty with Israel, but halfway through he breaks it. And then for the next three and a half years he tramples down Jerusalem. And that happens until the second coming of Christ to come to to fight, to come to war, and to rule. Then the Antichrist will be delivered to a complete destruction. Now we've been given the summary by Gabriel of what those 70 weeks of prophecy will come, what part of that's going to come to pass. And Gabriel said, To finish transgression, to make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. The last three of this summary... Have not yet been fulfilled. Let's pray. Father of lights, you give us good gifts. Thank you for the gift by Holy Spirit of discerning of spirits to help us unravel the ploys of the enemy. Thank you for insight and understanding as we search out prophecies. We turn our hearts to you, loving Father, and would humble our hearts to listen and to learn. In Jesus' name, amen. Chapter 10 of Daniel is the front part of the unit of chapters 10, 11, and 12. They're all one unit. Chapter 10 helps us set the stage, and it begins with the third year of of the rule of King Cyrus of Persia. That would be 335 B.C. It's highly likely that Daniel is now retired. He's 85 years old, probably no longer one of the counselors to the king. In that year, it says, quote, A message was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belshazzar, and the message was true, and one of great conflict. But he understood the message and had an understanding of the vision. So, 600 years after the time of Daniel, ahead of him in history was the assault of Jerusalem and destruction of the temple by General Titus in A.D. 70. But Jerusalem is under siege, and the Jewish forces could not stand. They can't stand against the Roman legions. Um, Yes, there's great sorrow, and there is great suffering and death, but there's not really any great warfare. Now, I believe here that Daniel has been informed about the warfare between Israel and the Antichrist, that will come at the end of days. That is what has set him to mourning for three weeks. in In verse two, and this is what he said: I did not eat any tasty food, nor did meat or wine enter my mouth, nor did I use any ointments at all until the entire three weeks were completed. Now Daniel may have reverted back to the vegetable and legume stew that was called pulse that he ate when he first came into the school of Babylon, back in chapter 1. So he said, you know, I didn't eat any meat, I didn't have any wine, and literally it says, I had no bread of desirability. There wasn't anything really zingy about the food that I ate for three weeks. It was just, keep me going, Lord. This semi-fast marked a time of diligent prayer and supplication. During that time, Daniel said he did not use any ointment, which was the equivalent of deodorant in the ancient East. The oils and ointments were, were liberally applied as you headed into feasting times, but they were not when you headed into fasting. Oil rubbed on the surface of the, uh, surface of the skin was to, to cleanse, to soothe, and to refresh. Daniel practiced none of them for, of this self-maintenance while he was praying. His focus was on heaven, not on his body. Verses four to six says, and on the 24th day of the first month, while I was at the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked and behold, there was a certain man dressed in linen whose waist was girded with a belt of pure gold of Ufaz, His body also was like barrel. His face had the appearance of lightning, his eyes were like flaming torches, his arms and feet like the gleam of polished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a tumult. So the date here puts Daniel 10 days after Passover, springtime. Okay, And he's standing on, on, the, on the edge of the Tigris River. Tigris River rises in the north, on the southern border, in the mountains between northern northern Iraq and Turkey. And in the spring, you'd get snowmelt and rainwater, and the Tigris River would be up to flood stage. It would be ripping past Babylon. When Daniel looked up, he saw God. He saw a theophany, which is the term that's used to describe a representation of God in a man-like, mighty image, similar to that that appeared to Ezekiel. What we com- you know, When we stop and compare the vision to that of the Apostle John in Revelations, that theophany, that image of, of this man-like figure uh, expressing who God is, it says, uh, It was wearing a garment down to the feet, a gold band around the chest. The hair was white as snow. The countenance was like the sun. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet like molten brass in a furnace. And his voice... Like the sound of many waters. Here, Daniel saw the pre-incarnate Christ, and the Apostle John saw the risen and reigning Christ. Verses seven to nine says that Daniel alone, among his companions, saw the vision. Those with him fell into great dread, and they ran away to hide themselves. The text says, "So I was left alone, and saw this great vision." Yet no strength was left in me, for my natural color turned to a deathly pallor, and I retained no strength. But I heard the sound of his words, and as soon as I heard the sound of his words, I fell into a deep sleep on my face, with my face to the ground. If you recall, um, Elisha had a servant who went out early in the morning, looked over the, the city wall of Dothan, and they were surrounded by the troops that had had they had, uh, come to. To capture Elisha, and he was terrified, and so he ran to Elisha, and Elisha prayed for him, and then his eyes were opened, and he could see the armies of the angels surrounding the city of Dothan, and around the surrounding the enemy. <clears throat> Likewise, uh, those that accompanied Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus, you know, they could hear the voice of Christ speaking to Saul of Tarsus as he lay flat on the ground, but they couldn't see it. Throughout the Old Testament, when God shows up, men fall on their faces. The words that Daniel heard spoken put him down flat. Verses 10 to 17 wraps up uh, one of the great spiritual revelations in the Bible. Then behold, a hand touched me, and set me trembling. On my hands and feet he said to me. O oh, Daniel man of high esteem. Understand the words that I am about to tell you. And stand upright. For I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me. I stood up trembling. And then he said to me. Do not be afraid Daniel. For for, for from this, the first day. That you set your heart on understanding this. And on humbling yourself before your God. Your words were heard. And I have been in. I have come in response to your words, for the, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia was withstanding me for twenty-one days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left there with the king of kings of Persia. Now I have come to give you an understanding of what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision pertains to the days yet future." And when he had spoken to me according to these words, I turned my face toward the ground and became speechless. And Behold, one who resembled a human being was touching my lips. And then I opened my mouth and spoke, and he said to him, Who was standing before me? O my Lord, as a result of the vision, vision anguish has come upon me. And I have retained no strength, for how can such a servant of my Lord talk with such a... As myself as for me there remains just now no strength in me nor was any breath left in me so here in summary the prayers that Daniel had been offering up for three weeks had been heard and then this messenger angel most likely Gabriel Again, he's not named in this chapter. This angel was sent to deliver to Daniel what will happen to Israel in the future. So, now please forgive me. Um, the The word angel means messenger, and the word messenger can be translated angel. So, um, rather than add something into the text and just call him Gabriel, which I choose not to here, I'm going to call him the messenger angel. Okay? Um, as the text states this angel was delayed for 3 sets of 7 days by the quote prince of the kingdom of persia unquote now how did we how do we go about interpreting the word prince so in the same verse same verse the angel says that michael one of the chief princes came to help him Now, Michael, the second angel named in Scripture, is the angel assigned to watch over the affairs of Israel. God's people. They they have a a guardian angel, if you will. So, who was it that opposed the messenger angel from God to Daniel? So this this prince of Persia is not human. To be able to oppose and withstand an angel coming from God That also says that this prince, this prince of Persia, was opposing God. Hence, a fallen angel, a demon. That this prince is assigned to Persia says that demonic influence can be territorial. This prince of Persia was a demonic spirit of great power overseeing the affairs of the empire of Persia on behalf of Satan. Seeing and sensing the angelic messenger from God coming to Daniel in Persia, that started a battle in the second heaven. How that battle was fought, we don't know. But it required the specific assistance of Michael, the archangel, to help break the logjam and get the messenger released. Angelic warfare was continuing. For in verse 20 here in this chapter, the messenger angel says, it must leave to return to fight against the prince of Persia. In reality, that demonic territorial spirit continued to fight for 200 plus years. Because that's the length of time that the Persian Empire continued to rule. And, And it was demonically influencing that empire. Likewise, for 200 plus years, Michael... Withstood that prince in all matters pertaining to the people of God now the end of verse thirteen speaks of this messenger angel being left with the kings of Persia. Uh, these are likely my speculation, and I confess it freely, okay, but I'll give you my proof if you will uh, these kings of Persia okay are um Powers and um, and rulers—they're demons. Okay, they're there to uh, to twist, to influence, to deceive, and to control Persia. <clears throat> um. So, um. Even as the uh, this uh, uh, messenger angel announces that he's getting ready to leave, he says, "Oh, and the prince of Greece is coming." Well, the prince, this demonic territorial prince over the over the nation of Greece, is is that's 200 years in advance before the forces of Greece, the Greek Greek Empire, comes to fight against uh, Persia, but demons transcend time and history and that's to say that the demonic spirit of greece was already coming to twist and deceive and influence the utter collapse of the persian empire at the appropriate time in front of the forces of alexander these demonic angels will continue their dark ways and dark works until satan and his angels are passed cast into the lake of fire and that's a uh, prophesied in the book of Revelation. They certainly will have global influence for the time of the Antichrist. Daniel's response to the presence of God or to one coming from the very presence of God occurs to others in the Old Testament. Daniel is overcome, dropped on his face, he's shaky, he's barely able to stand, he goes into a deep sleep, and he cannot talk. He discovers that his weakness Opens the way for God's strength to be manifested. And Paul says almost the same words in the New Testament. And when when finally Daniel stands, he wonders how a man such as he can converse face to face with one like the messenger angel. He's told, O man of high esteem, do not be afraid. Peace be with you. And be courageous. And then Daniel is sobered. Strengthened and ready to listen. Peace and courage put into action gives Daniel back his spine. He's ready to listen. Verse 21 finishes chapter 10. But the vision of great warfare to come continues on into chapter 11 and 12. And before this messenger angel, angel departs, he's going to download more to Daniel about what is yet to come. He says, quote, However, I will tell you what is inscribed in the writing of truth. Unquote. Now, what is this writing of truth? There's no other reference in Scripture to it. That's God's written-out plan from ages past, before creation. Okay, From ages past for Israel, for the church, and for the world, the vision that Daniel was receiving will come forth from God's inscribed plans. Paul's writings in Ephesians six twelve in the New Testament identify demonic rankings and names. There's the archai, which is governments and rulers. There's the exousiai, their authorities, demonic authorities. Okay, and the cosmocratores. They are demonic world rulers and powers of this world. In these dark spiritual powers and rulers, uh, we find our true foe. We don't don't wrestle against flesh and blood, we war against darkness. We war against the agents of Satan. Now, there's a parenthetical statement at the end of the message that's left by the messenger angel at the finish of verse 21, and he says, Yet there's no one who stands firmly with me against these forces, except Michael, your prince. Unquote. Now, that's not because there were no more angels available. We know that there are twice as many holy angels as there are demonic angels. Okay, so it's not, the matter is not, it doesn't have to do with numbers. It's just that more were not necessary. Michael and this angel, probably Gabriel, were able to withstand easily and war easily. Now, we need to know we have champions amongst the holy angels to defend us from attacks of the evil one. All right, Forge family, some of you have firsthand experience with local or international demonic princes. Some of you have not yet The discernment to identify who and what is arrayed against our nation or against the church. Let me point you to prayer. Daniel prayed out of deep concern over what was coming against Israel. It was said in the far distant future, but he prayed as if it was a now thing. Often, we're pulled into prayer over what has just happened to us or something that's going to happen later today or, or we think it's coming soon. Know that the Lord hears clearly and answers swiftly. But some answers are delayed because of warfare. Some answers have already been given in the scriptures. And God has reasons why he allows delays. To strengthen Daniel. To strengthen you. To help you align yourself with him and heavenly priorities. To give you undiscourageable. That's a great word. Undiscourageable. Mm Persistence, I love it, Undiscouragable persistence in prayer to be ready to seize his peace and the courage he delivers and act on them in due time. Let's pray. Yahweh Sabaoth, God of armies, you so loved us that you sent your only begotten Son you so love us now that you send your angels to minister, to buffer, to heal, and to go to war on our behalf. As the Lord leads. The battle belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen.